With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, we are just here to talk about Daredevil today. It's going to be a shorty. Uh, hope you guys have all watched Daredevil. If not, you probably want to turn this off because we are just off the bat going to give you a spoiler alert for Daredevil episode one. Not even news. No news. There is a lot of news, but we're going to ignore it all and talk about that on Tuesday. Uh, today we are just going to tell you about Daredevil episode one. Um, I'm just going to get started, man. I freaking loved Daredevil episode one. <laughs> Holy crap. It was so good. It had me seriously crying in the first scene. <laughs> um, Dude, Charlie little... Cox deserves an Emmy simply for his monologue in, uh, in the confessional booth. For real. Like, it's such a long, no cutaway monologue and that tear that wells up in his eye as he tell, talks about his father. Oh, my gosh. It's uh, killing me. It's killing me to think about it. The first eight minutes of the show completely rocked me. Uh, more than uh, <laughs> more than most of the, the mo- most everything else in the MCU. It was so emotional. It wasn't just cool and fun like a lot of, a lot of the Marvel stuff is. It, was, uh, it really, still was. Oh, yeah. It, it definitely was those things. But it, that first eight minutes... Uh, the first thing that got me was um, the old man sitting on the ground who says he pushed me out of the way. I was just, yeah. I was like, it, it already establishes him as a hero, you know, even as a child. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's in the original uh, comic book, but that got me. I was like, it's always those things, those those heroic choices that really like hit me hard emotionally. I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and just have knowing that he got scarred on his eyes because he was pushing an old man out of the way. That's how it was in the uh, in the comics. That's always been the origin is that he was you know being a hero for somebody. Oh, but like I like that they set up the origin sort of without it being an origin story. They didn't spend the whole episode talking about it. Oh no, it definitely had a. Um... We had a. I, th- I have a feeling we're going to get the origins sprinkled throughout of this entire season. I'm not sure, but I, I think that's what's going to happen. It seemed almost like an yeah. arrow, arrow style. Like uh, we got the first. You know how they they go chronologically. The flashbacks, yeah, yeah. They do chronological flashbacks. Um, yep. I bet we're going to get that throughout this entire uh, season. Well, that's uh, Stephen S. Knight. I read in an interview actually this morning that I I read it. Um, he said that. They're, they're not going to be just 
going flashback heavy. There's a few flashbacks that tell the origin story and they're going to be used sparingly. Um, generally, over, I think he said over the first like three episodes is when they tell it, but it'll be used a little bit here and there throughout the, the rest of the series. Yeah, I'm excited to see him start training, which we've seen in the trailers. Um, yeah, but that's neither here nor there. We'll be posting tomorrow about episode two, which I'm hoping we'll get some of that. But um, let's talk about the rest of this episode. How about that opening fight scene? Oh, the opening fight scene was was really great. That, that was, I was including that in the first eight minutes. There were eight minutes before oh, yeah. the uh, uh, before the Daredevil logo and everything came up. Dude, that also. That had really great imagery in it. Absolutely. How it, like, it seemed like it was covering the city in blood. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, and <laughs> speaking of covering the city in blood and destruction, uh, the, the right when they come back from the, uh, the little intro music and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and what we're talking about, um, they immediately talk about the Battle of New York. Yep. And um, they don't. They don't openly reference it as the Battle of New York. No, it's, they don't. It was just like there was some death and destruction that happened a while. Death back. and destruction yeah. rained from the sky, threatening to from destroy Hell's Kitchen. Um, and I love that. I love that it's like not even explicit. They're not like, "Hey, Avengers." They didn't like a mention the Avengers in this episode, um, which I think obviously uh, we've seen in the trailer that one guy later mentions if he had a, a suit of armor, a suit of and armor, magic, or magic hammer. Yeah. Yeah. But they they didn't even go that far with this episode. They just discussed the fact that there's been this destruction. And I, obviously that's helping. So somehow that destruction is causing more construction work, which is causing more um, corruption. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't remember the word corruption. Uh, so destruction leads to construction leads to corruption. That's a lot of shuns. Yeah. <laughs> I like the I like where they're going with that. Like, the, it sets up the whole street level hero thing that we're, we've been we've been talking about. This show is going to be about the street level heroes. Um, well, it seems like it's more of a crime drama. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's less of a superhero show because I mean it's just it's a crime drama that happens to have the uh, protagonist be a um, a masked guy or a guy with a mask. True. Like, uh, yeah, he doesn't really have superpowers. He has a disability. Um, now. That of course, depending on the context you're looking at, he definitely has amazing hearing. Um, yeah, I mean he's got super ability, or he's got enhanced senses. He's got super senses, but he's not like he doesn't have super strength. He doesn't have super speed. He is quick, but that's just a result of training. Yeah, exactly. And you know the uh, that first scene uh, and all the fight, the two major fight scenes in this made me feel. Like he was blind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't feel, I don't know. I guess when I watch, uh, like the, uh, we, we won't even talk about previous incarnations of Daredevil. I'll just talk about <laughs> this one. Um, he didn't look like, I, I was kind of expecting him to just fight like a normal person, I guess. Yeah. But the choreography made it feel scrappy. Like his art, the way his arms are quickly moving. He looked like a blind boxer, like that were really well-trained blind boxer, which is like, yeah, Great, based on his father being a boxer, and it's pretty much exactly what he always has been. Yeah, um, I, I love that. He wasn't, he didn't even look like he necessarily had like amazing. I don't know. He did have some cool little kung fu kicks here and there, uh, yeah. but it didn't seem like he just seemed like such a scrapper. I don't know. It just wasn't elegant. It wasn't elegant yeah. at all. 
Um, the Avengers are these big, elegant heroes that always have control of the situation. And I mean, in that first scene, he definitely had control of the situation. But he he did have to react. Yeah, absolutely. Like, man, the guy pulled a gun. He did have to get out of the way. Yeah, and he had to work hard. That's that's the other thing I thought about um, when he pulled that gun. That's the most threatening. I've that's the most threatened I've felt by a gun in the MCU. Whenever that gun oh, yeah. went off, I, I felt fear. Not ju- not necessarily for Daredevil. Um, or, or for Matt Murdock at this point, um, I felt fear for the ladies. I kind of felt like they might get shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that might be a virtue of having this, like we talk about the street level heroes. He's got um, a gun is a threatening thing for a street level hero. You saw the like, kind of the fear in his face when he had to flip out of the way of the gun, which makes me fear for everyone around him. Someone could get shot. And it would be a totally th- a reasonable thing to happen on this show, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's, I don't know, you, you pull out a gun against Thor, you're not really that worried about Thor. Yeah. I mean, Loki has taken multiple shots, like, in the Avengers, if, if you remember in, like, the one of the opening scenes. Or, yeah, the opening scene, um, whenever he came in through the portal and he got shot at by all those S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, he just leapt around like it wasn't nothing. And then in Iron Man, in the first one, in his in his original suit where he got out of the cave, the guy shot at him and like shot him in the head, and it ricocheted off and killed him. Like it's a little <laughs> bit ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, a gun is not a threat. You have to have a bigger monster to fight than a gun in, in the MCU. And this, you don't. You really don't. Um, a gun is a really threatening thing. And it just, you know, it's the street level. It's it's these these guys have to deal with. And what it, what I was mentioning a minute ago about the street level heroes, why I brought that up in the first place was so it looks like we're gonna get some sort of tension between the Avengers and you know, or you know, the New York's finest heroes or whatever like that that we've got from the Battle of New York. What did they call them in Agents of Shield? They called them like the heroes of New York or something like that. Uh, in that yeah, place set in the first scene. Of, of yeah, it was the heroes of New York. Yeah, uh, well, the hero you're going to get this tension between the heroes of New York and regular people not just getting, you know, we talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as a show that kind of gets stomped on by the movies where, like, something big happens and it ricochets through these characters' lives. But yeah. what I'm interested in seeing is the fact that <laughs> the Avengers are actually causing more corruption and it's gonna. He's got to. He's got to help actual individual people. Um, yeah, he's the one helping the ants that that, that get stepped on. We we talk about that with Agents of Shield all the time, but this felt like a just a whole different level of ant. You know, it really did. This blind guy, son of a boxer who grew up in Hell's Kitchen, doesn't have connections to Shield. Doesn't have any of that. He is just. A, he's um, just a he's just a lawyer looking for an office to do work out of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What, did you did you feel like when he went to the priest and he spoke to him about um he he's not asking for uh, forgiveness for things he's done but things he's about to do uh, and he's like that's not how this works. Um, just such an amazing scene. But did you feel like that was his first time out? I. I'm thinking that that might be an out of time sequence. Like that goes back to like episode 13 or something right before he's about to go kick the crap out of um, Kingpin. Oh, I see. I didn't gather that at all. 
it felt like it, I mean, it could be either way. It could be his first time out. He's about, he needs forgiveness for like about to be a superhero or uh, his dad didn't want him to end up like that. And he's having to ask forgiveness to his dad um, for being a fighter or whatever, but it could also be when he's about to go kick the crap out of Kingpin and needs forgiveness for that. That's, that's true. Like maybe he's realized this man needs to die. Like he's not going to just go fight someone. He's going to kill someone or something. That's, that's, that's true. I just didn't see any of that in the show. I didn't see an element of like, this is a flashback. Uh, It felt like just something that happened in sequence to me, but you're right. It could, it could be, it absolutely could be. Um, I'm just leaving open the possibility. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I'm right there with you on that. The part of that conversation that like, really, really excited me and resonated with me was when he's talking about not wanting to be like his father. Not not really even saying that. He's saying the demon inside his father, which kind of gives you the impression yeah. that he doesn't want to see that in himself. Or he says, he says, I never, I never knew what he what he was feeling. Back Don't then. mess with those Murdoch boys. Yeah, they got the devil inside them. The the like slow. He says, "I never knew what he was feeling in that moment." And then there's like a long pause, and he says, "Back then," and it's just such yeah. a great pregnant pause of like, you think, "Oh, he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't know. He doesn't know that feeling." And they're like, "Oh, he does now." Like that's so good. Yeah, it's so well written. I'm telling you, man, he deserves an Emmy for that delivery. I I'm just right there that. With you. just that scene. Charlie Cox deserves all the props in the world. Uh, it, it, I am that scene. The first scene <laughs> with, with, where he's where he's a little boy getting scolded made me emotionally invested, and then the second scene made me so impressed with Charlie Cox. I was just so I, I'm on board. After the first eight minutes, I was on board in every way I could be on board with the show. <laughs> Yeah. Of course I went in a little biased. We do the MCU podcast. I was star striving wanted this show to be so good. But we're pretty honest about when when an episode's like, eh, uh, eh, whatever. But this was just just spot stellar. On. Just stellar. This was the best opening episode for anything. Yeah. I I think this was with with no context and and the amount of emotional investment that I found in it, I think this was better for me than any episode of anything in the MCU yet, any any of the Agents of Shield stuff. Like I think this was a better a better show, uh, and it was just firing on all cylinders. It felt, um, and, and I'm just excited to see where 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 it is in 13 episodes when we when we finally finish this recap. Um, what 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 we're gonna feel about the show then? You know. Uh, when we yeah. do have a continuity starting to build and a, some character development. Um, one thing I'm going to be keeping an eye out for, he talks about his father. Sometimes he'd be in a fight, he'd be losing, and then he would just uh, get, his eyes would glaze over and he would just move slowly toward the person. Um, I've I've felt that before. I've had that happen like, to me before. Well, that's That's... That's scary. The demon inside those Randall boys. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I just I'm looking for that in a major scene on this show. Like I'm looking for him to. And I, I, we we did see it tonight. He got down on his luck, and then he had to, you know, the guy uh, Rance, the, the character with the knife, came after him, um, and he had to kind of get his get his uh, wits up and like take the guy down. But I'm looking for that moment where he becomes his father. Where he, uh, he's down and losing, and then he, his, his eyes glaze over. Well, you know, um, 
<laughs> his eyes did, are pretty always glazed yeah, over. Yeah, you can't really see his eyes either. But uh, he and he just like walks slowly towards someone and just takes them out. You know, um, yeah. I'm looking for the demon to come out. You know, because I don't think we've seen the demon yet. I think he right now he's just he's figuring out how to be a hero at this point. Yeah, I, but I'm I'm looking for the demon, and I, and I love the idea that <laughs> da- Daredevil has that costume that obviously has the image of a demon. (laughs) Um, but, and, and in that, in that opening sequence, the blood forming that costume just, Mm -hmm. just looks so demon like, you know? So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where, uh, when that demon really comes out of him. And I think when he sees the, the level of corruption that we, as the audience got to see in that last sequence while he's punching a punching bag, um, and he only needs one punching bag, by the way. Did you notice that? I mean, <laughs> lucky I'm, him. I'm used to uh, I'm used to heroes that need like ten or twelve punching bags. Uh, yeah, take one home for like a midnight snack or something. <laughs> midnight snack. Um, but but he needs <laughs> one punching bag. But while he's he he can't even take down that one punching bag, it's showing what he's up against. All those flashes yeah. of every character that. Every character that was tied into the story is dead. Like uh, <laughs> the the the, well, the man... shows the immense amount of corruption that he's going to have to you know go up against for the entire series. Yep. And, and the it's man, intense. the man we didn't even see yet, uh, which is Fisk, which is um, we don't say his name. We don't say his name. Sorry, but please pardon <laughs> me. Pardon me. Um. The man we haven't seen yet, he is uh, going to be, you know, uh, a formidable threat. And even though Daredevil took out the apparent threat. The immediate threat, I guess. And and saved that woman's life, who I guess is going to work for them now. Speaking of beating that assassin, why do they leave him on the steps of the New York Bulletin? Why not the Daily Bugle? You've got Spider-Man now. (laughs) Why not give it a little bit of an Easter egg? That would be... Really, great. I just, it was a missed opportunity in my. Well, I will say, opinion. I think they probably filmed this episode before that deal was made. You can edit that. That's you're all it right. was. All you're it was right. was like a news bulletin or a news headline on a uh, on a newspaper, whatever, and man. a placard Bugle, on a building. The Daily Bugle is all uptown and shit. Oh uh, yeah, this is this is Hell's Kitchen. It was just man. too far to get there. It was. This is Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> uh, you you gotta. Real, uh, these are the, you know, these are the real streets. We don't deal with that Daily Bugle, <laughs> Peter Parker The next type. one, the next one's going to go to Daily Bugle. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And like, why did they leave him on the, on the steps? Like, what are they going to do with him? Well, uh, they didn't want to take him to the cops. I guess. He um, ended up there anyway. He did end up there anyway. And dead. I guess, I guess. Yeah, that is that is a little strange. I don't know what a reporter would have done with that character. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I don't. Oh, it's oh, he's all bloody. You, <laughs> you. I'm just a reporter. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're about at our time, man. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about about Daredevil before we finish up? I'm just really happy that the damsel in distress got to fight back. Oh, that was great. Wasn't it? And I totally thought they were just, oh, man. I, 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 I did you not thought that think, she was going to be a throwaway for a little bit? For, for a minute, I did. And I, I either thought that or he was going to have to come save her because she was pr- 
pretty much passed out. Uh, I thought, fight back, fight back. And then she wasn't. And I was like, dang. And then when she reached up and grabbed his eye, I was like, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> it just, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect her to be able to fight back and do, you know, what she needed to do. Um, but she did. But she did. Yeah. That it was, was just, it was really great to have a, a damsel in, in distress like that. Just be able to do something again. Yeah. She she rescued her own it felt, damsel self. It, that <laughs> that uh, that plus everything else just made it feel more real. It's not like it's a gritty show. It's a it's not like it's a dark and gritty show on purpose. It's just it's real. Yeah. Um you know this this the, the the very end of this episode you see the child get kidnapped and you see him on the rooftop. I'm assuming that's going to be episode 2. Um, him him working on that case or whatever. I really hope so. I hope because so they too. say that it's it's supposed to be like binge watchable, and that would be a perfect binge watching. Oh, absolutely. I think I think that's exactly why you do that. Like on a normal show, you wouldn't end the pilot or the episode one with like such a cliffhanger that leads directly to episode two. But with this being Netflix, I think they're just like you know people are gonna want to see what happens to that kid immediately and see the fight that daredevil's about to engage in to save that child um yeah that's that, i love that they're thinking that way um so yeah well i guess uh i think it's time to watch episode two uh yeah <laughs> we wanted to talk about the pilot before we got into episode two but um we, thank you for joining me uh this is uh my name is matt carroll i'm jeff randall uh, we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Jeff's joining me by Skype today. Uh, we're probably going to be uh, tossing up more episodes this week. Yeah, he's at work taking his lunch break and uh, joining me by Skype. We had to do it. We had to get get this out to you guys quick. Um, we'll be having a few more episodes the next couple of days. Probably have some with our, 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 our friend of the show, Dave Robertson. He'll be coming in um, next couple episodes. Uh, but we'll be back, me and Jeff, uh, probably episode four, I think. Um, I think so. We're going to be trying to drop a Daredevil episode for you guys every day this week um, and probably the next week until until we're out of Daredevil episodes. So uh, stick with us. Uh, come back and check it out. And if you're, it's your first time to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we talk everything Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, from the movies to the television shows and now the Netflix series. Um, so come back and hang out with us on a regular basis. Um, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine. Check them out at 45-magazine.com. If you want to leave us some feedback, you can do that, and we will talk about it on... If you leave us some Daredevil feedback, we will talk about it on these Daredevil episodes. You can hit us up at, at MCUcast on Twitter, mcucast.wordpress.com, facebook.com slash mcucast, or mcucast at gmail.com. Uh, we would love it if you leave us an iTunes review um, or uh, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, and if you want to leave us actual of an actual voicemail to play on the show, it's 573-CAST-MCU is our phone number. 573-CAST-MCU. Um, anyway, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We're going to let you go about your day. <laughs> Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.